Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. Welcome, my friends, to the Nomad Strength Show. I am Ross Hillier, your host, and welcome to the first episode. This is the the big kickoff, the inaugural episode. Uh, it's been something I've been working on for a very long time, and I'm just really excited to finally have this thing launched and unleashed into the public for all of you guys to finally listen to what I've been working on for you know I've, I've what I've said is just a couple of months, but what has really been several years of work that has led to the moment of finally getting this thing out on the airwaves. And I'm just really excited. So thank you for listening. Uh, please, if you like the show and like what we're doing, go to wherever you're listening and rate, subscribe, review the show, give us five stars. It's actually makes a very big difference on uh, being able to grow and get more ears into what we're doing and and grow this thing to levels I haven't even thought of yet. So I'm really excited. Uh, the first episode is something that's really special for me, and I couldn't have thought of a better guest to have be the first guest on the show than Anders Varner, who's joining today. Uh, Anders is the current co-host of the Barbell Shrug podcast, which we get into a little bit, was a major thing for me when I started coaching and then realizing that the, you know, podcasting world was even a thing. I didn't even know what it was at the time I started listening. Um, so we get into that, but, uh, in 2010, he founded San Diego athletics. He sold that gym in 2016. He has coached athletes from every major sport, including NFL, MLB, WWE, and CrossFit. As an athlete, he competed in CrossFit regionals four times and medaled at multiple Olympic weightlifting competitions. Right now, uh, what he's doing other than the podcast is really what I wanted to talk to him about today, which is his uh, his program and his mission called Diesel Dad. And that is to the whole point of that is to unite dads that want to be great fathers, husbands, and who just love lifting weights. Uh, this whole thing came as the result of refocusing his life away from being a competitive athlete 
prioritizing being a father and a husband, but then still training to be strong, lean, and athletic without sacrificing family, fatherhood, or fitness. And that's kind of the sweet spot for being a dad who likes to be strong. So I thought it was the perfect person to help kick off this show. We get into a lot of really great stuff. He's a, such a motivational person to just hear him talk. So if you're lacking any consistency or just need that kind of kick in the pants to finally make some decisions to change your lifestyle, I couldn't have thought of a better person to bring into the first guest to have him motivate you because that's exactly what he does in this episode. So without further ado, we'll get right into it. And this is the Nomad Strength Show with Anders Varner as our first guest. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Nomad Strength Show. I am Ross Hillier, your host, and I am super pumped because... I don't even think I've told him this yet, but my guest today, Anders Varner, is going to be the first episode oh, sick. of the show. Look at that. Yeah. So what welcome, an honor. my friend, to the very Dude, inaugural... how do you feel about having a podcast? <laughs> it's awesome. It's something... <laughs> it's... But it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, this is... I'm seven <laughs> seconds into it. I love it. Wait <laughs> just seven seconds of my life. <laughs> Congratulations! You now have a podcast. Yeah, it's great. It's something yeah. that I've uh, like had in my back of my head for what seems like a decade now, and uh, it was just the right time to do it. And yeah. a couple weeks back, I just had a conversation with myself in my head. It was like, just do it. Just get a mic and just do it. I think everyone should have a podcast. I have one with my two-year-old. <laughs> We almost have a thousand downloads. No way! I swear, we have about twenty-seven episodes. Uh, just me holding a microphone in front of her and rapping about nothing, like Elmo, and um, we talk about like colors. Sometimes I have her do the ABCs, like for many reasons. One. I'm going to forget everything that we've talked about over right. the last year. That's such a good and idea. And I started it because we were in quarantine and I like I know she's never going to remember quarantine, but uh, it will yeah. radically shape the rest of her life. Um so there's a couple of me just like um talking to her mm. which gets really emotional because sometimes sometimes I wonder if I got hit by a bus like what the legacy I would leave behind. Yes. Which is really weird to think about, like, really, like, phase online. Yeah. It costs you, like, 20 bucks a month on Libsyn to just talk through life That's with so somebody. cool. That's in, it's cool because you think about, like, in the several hundred years ago, whatever, you, you, you'll be lucky if you find someone, like, who wrote a journal. That, yeah, like, outlines, right? you know, like, what they were doing. And we're stoked and we find, like, famous people's journals from 200 years ago. But yeah. like, we just have all of this stuff that all of us post every single day. And like you said, like, in the future, when, when yeah. I'm not around and my kids or grandkids want to look back and be like, oh, this is what he was doing yeah. this whole time. That's such a cool idea. Totally. Uh, yeah, it's rad. And it's super infrequent. We had, like, 60 downloads in a day. I was like, <laughs> who the hell are these people listening to this two-year-old babble about nothing? But oh, that's so awesome. Somehow people find it. That's so cool. Well, yeah, man. So first podcast guest, and the reason that there's kind of like a little backstory on why I wanted to have you be first because it's almost Sick. like a big full circle moment for me having the podcast because I started listening to Barbell Shrugged back in late 2013. Like early OG. Er, early. Like I, I think the first episode that 
came out the week I started listening was like episode like 81 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty early on. And it was like this, and it was right when I started coaching people basically. And so yeah. it was like all of my extra education outside of some of the books I was reading at the time was all coming from the podcast and like the guests that were on the show. Yeah. And that's, that's how I grew as a coach. And then in my head, I'm like, awesome. I didn't even know what a, what a podcast was like, you mean yeah. like a radio show It's like, Oh, well, you can just do it whenever you want and talk to whoever. And it's uncensored yeah, and you can just right? do whatever you want. And yeah. so I'm like in my head, I'm like, man, that'd be, that'd be rad someday to do that. If I have, I'd be so good at this. Yeah. It'd be cool. And like, and I've made the post before, but in another world, I was a radio head. Like that was what my, I went to college to learn how to do and yeah. uh, do the sports radio thing. And so it's almost like, kind of like this natural fit again. And then awesome. to have first guest be the one that like, the guy that runs the show that I initially started this whole thing yeah. with, it was kind of cool. So it's awesome. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's dude. awesome, dude. Stoked I'm here. So um, one of the things I wanted to really talk to you about today is something that we were talking a little bit before we hit record about how this whole last year has just obviously thrown everybody for a tailspin and how they live their lives. But you created something really cool in the midst of everything being shut down and all this kind of stuff. And it's your, and it just started with you just randomly doing some, some exercises in the morning and yeah. uh, it's called diesel dad. And that's just kind of almost like the persona that you've taken on now is just like, you <laughs> are the diesel dad. Exactly. So um, why don't you just tell what that's about and how that kind of started? Yeah, man. Um, all of it really is, uh, I mean, we could even go back. Like I, I owned a gym from 2010 to 2016, uh, really in the heyday of CrossFit. Um, you know, I, I started training when I was like 13. CrossFit hit me. It, it couldn't have been a more perfect age at a more perfect time when testosterone's flowing. I had already been training for 10 years. I was 23 years old. I like to say that I was like inside the first thousand people that on this planet that was doing CrossFit. Like nobody knew what the hell we were doing it in Gold's gym. There was only one gym within 30 minutes of me in DC, which is there's probably 75 to a hundred yeah. gyms in that area now. Um, and I almost opened a gym before I went to grad school, uh, in Arlington, Virginia at a time in which you didn't even have to have a level one certification to get an affiliate. Wow. Like it was like so early in the game. And uh, yeah, like you would email CrossFit HQ and like Glassman would write you back. Like, <laughs> like it was day. like, yeah, it was, it was, there was just nobody on this planet doing CrossFit. And when it was, um, I think it was like the very first year that the games existed is when I started doing it. And uh, it was perfect. I was, I was 23. I had been training hard for a really long time already. I already had a decade of like legit strength training in me. Uh, I squatted all the time. I, I had real coaches we were talking about before, even though I didn't really think that they were like coaches per se. Mm -hmm. uh, but people that taught me how to do things the right way. Um, I had training partners that worked really hard. And, you know, the gym like really defined my life. Um, it was, it was that thing that gave me the edge in life that I was stronger than people. Um, I, I might not be like the most athletic, the smartest, the best looking, all those things, but I was very good at being stronger than other people. Um, and when CrossFit hit, it was like, oh, all the people that are stronger than everyone else now get to go play a game about being stronger. <laughs> it's like, well, where do I sign up for that? Like, I'm not 
kickball guy. I don't right. Like I want to play with people that care. And I you like the thing about like having an edge in life is like you're doing things that you feel like separate you from the pack. And um strength training is like the perfect thing because you eat a certain way. It makes you look a certain way. Mm-hmm. It you're doing things that other people can't do. Um the number of people that can't squat 225 pounds is insane. Yeah. They can't squat their body weight. It's everybody. Which is fine. I mean, yeah, in, like, in that's percentage, totally, it's everybody. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make you a bad person, but if you want to separate yourself, you should squat 315. Yeah. That's like a good starting point. If you want to squat 400 pounds, it's going to take a lot of work, and you're going to have to separate yourself from the masses, and it gives you an edge in life. It makes you feel com- confident in yourself that you can do things. And CrossFit just, it was like, Oh, if you think you're a savage, well, this is where all the savages hang out. So prove it. Let's throw down. And there was no rules. There was no anything. It was like, here's this dinky little 21159 workout, and we're going to grind. And we might throw up at the end, but there will be a winner. So me and my friends naturally looked at it and were like, well, we'll just beat the crap out of each other all day long, which obviously led to the deep dive of uh, opening a gym. Um, everything you can go through in owning a gym with your best friend from the greatest of times to the worst of times, um, trained with a lot of really high level athletes, celebrities put 75 plus people into regionals. Like it was the thing. And then one day it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we probably all have committed something, whether it's relationships or life where it's, it's everything until you hit the, hit the dead end and you go, Oh, this is done but what's next? Right. And it took me a long time to find the what's next. Like I, I went down the, I, I kept lifting. It's not like I, I stopped lifting or stopped caring about strength training. Um, but I went and played other games. Like I went down the, the like meditation rabbit hole. I went down the rehab um, rabbit hole. Like I, I went and explored all the things that I thought really had a lot of value to them that I just wasn't doing to like complete the puzzle of what what is all this and um during that time I had you know towards the end of the CrossFit thing I got married um and then I just kind of ran out of that ego which is awesome and and running out of that ego it also pairs up with the, you know having a kid and then without really knowing it, you're 35 years old, 36 years old, and you're like wondering how you get your edge back. Yeah. Like even what appears on the outside of lifting a lot of weight or like what appears on Instagram of like lifting a lot of weight and um, having barbell shrugged and all the stuff like inside, it's like, I'm just a fucking dad. Like, I'm just this regular ass dude that just likes lifting weights, but I don't have like a thing that gives me that edge in life. I don't have because I'm just, but then I realized like, no, I'm still that athlete. I'm still the dude that trains hard and Mm -hmm. eats well and lives to this standard that I've set for myself. It's not the same as when I was 28 or when I was trying to take people's lunch money every day (laughs) lifting weights it's not that aggressiveness but like give me 30 minutes in the gym and that's where i go i go train yes and prepare for whatever it is i I just go do the work 
Um, and I also like move to the suburbs. Like there's nothing that takes the ego out of your life more than moving to the suburbs. Um, which is awesome. It's not a bad thing. It's like, it's, it's everything perfect for my life, but it took me a long time to realize like it is perfect for my life. I don't have to live with this ego of who I am and all this, but I also like, I can go be a savage. Like I can turn that on and I train that, um, with intent all the time. And that's really where the diesel dad like stemmed from was like, I'm just this regular dude that I feel like such a regular dude. Like I changed diapers. I battled kids to brush their teeth. I'm just, I'm ready to choke my daughter sometimes when she won't go to sleep and she's crying (laughs) at night. But like, if you are in my neighborhood, you walk by my house, there's a good chance I'm just dying under back squats and grunting and screaming at barbells. And like, you look in my garage, you go, what the fuck is that guy on? And that's just my time. And that's really where it all came from. And then, you know, I, once it kind of clicked that that was me getting my edge, it was like, Oh, I'm just like the dad, but like way more jacked than all the other dads. (laughs) Right. And it really gave me that edge back in life of like, I'm allowed to just be this diesel dad that lives in my neighborhood. And then it, that whole idea grew. We went into quarantine and um, life got really tight on time. Like I was running the 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. shift and then 9 a.m. hit. My wife went upstairs to go do work from mm-hmm. 9 to 4 uh, so I got a little time during nap time to train and work. And then from, call it 4, 5 o'clock in the afternoon to 7, 7.30, it's like dad time. And then if I could get anything done from 7.30 to 10, like, and still try to be a husband. So training shifted. The first thing that I did in the morning was no longer like, ah, just let's just wake up. Yeah. And then, well, like, I have plenty of time during the day. I had no time at all. So I created this dope little morning routine that I do five days a week of wake up, get in the gym. It's first thing I needed like the trigger of turn the coffee on. And I realized like, while the coffee's going, I'm doing nothing but like scrolling my phone. Well, that's a waste. Why don't I just walk into my garage and just do a hundred reps of something. So it was like push-ups and air squats. Then I would just grab the barbell. It's like, okay, I can do some like shoulder presses. Dope. And now it's, now it's this awesome habit that before 6:30 AM, I just make this commitment to getting a hundred reps in, two exercises. Um, I go for a a mile walk just to get some air and, um, it, it works and And like eight, nine months of it. And I realized like, dude, this is like, and a lot of people connecting with the messaging of like not having the time, not having, do you know how many people just struggle with consistency? Everybody. It's the hardest. Yeah, it is. And, I think the cool thing about just the concept of it is it's not something that you need to like write a program for and like where people will get lost in the weeds of do I need to do this exercise or whatever. It's like doesn't uh, matter, man. Just yeah. get out there and do pick any you could do the same two exercises every yeah. single day. It doesn't matter. Or one and you know, it's just get a hundred reps in to get some blood moving, get a little bit of a pump and just yeah. kind of get your day started. That's really it's about establishing a baseline. So it's just a staple in your day. Dude, it's also like I, 
I live on two ends of the spectrum. One of none of this shit matters. <laughs> That's like one end where I'm just like, just show up and do something. Yes. And then the other end of the spectrum, when I was an athlete of like, you need an objective measure on every aspect of your life or none of it's going to work. And that's completely unsustainable. So why don't, and, and this really has turned into um, everything that I'm building this entire year. It's like, what is the most simple, sustainable method to creating consistency? If you ask yourself that question, you can help so many more people than acting like you're the smartest, posting some new fucking exercise that nobody really needs. Um, but like, dude, what is, what is like the simplest way to get people to eat fewer calories? It's got to be intermittent fasting. It's got to be. Like, I just can't think of another way of just shorten the window of time that you yes. can eat. And that's what I'm building right now. Like a 30-day challenge to get people doing more, like a shorter time window of eating. I, I don't even care what you eat during that time. If you want to go to the next level, like what's the easiest thing mm -hmm. that people can grasp a hold of to understand how to look like they work out? Just eat more protein. If you eat more protein, you are less hungry. You're going to eat fewer calories. You're going to lose the body fat. You're going to build more muscle. Your workouts are going to be more effective. So like everything else is like miles away in importance of eat less and eat more protein. And it's, Carbs and protein, yeah. sure, whatever. Do whatever you want. I don't care. But let's just shorten the window a little bit so you eat less. And if you start by eating the right amount of protein, trust me, you don't eat as much as you think. You just eat trashy food. Mm -hmm. If you really think you eat a lot, come sit down and let's go to like a barbecue joint and I'll <laughs> smash you. I will show you oh, how to eat. Because if you haven't been in like – a five-year-long bulk cycle, you just – your body's not trained to eat yeah. pounds of food in a day. Yeah. And and most people just eat too much of the bad things. So focus on shortening the window and focus on getting your protein. It's like that has to be the most sustainable way that I can think of for people to just hit their goals. Most people who think they eat too much have never actually tried to gain weight on purpose before. I a hundred percent. It's like the best, it's the most, you know, you're talking to somebody that like really understands how hard it is when they say that, because it's like, I used to eat so like just pounds and pounds of food. And then people are like, I just eat so much. No, you eat Oreos. It's yeah. It's, it's this tiny little thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of calories, but it's all empty and it's not a lot of volume. Well, my, um, and mine came in, playing college football and I showed up as a freshman weighing 168 pounds and I played corner and the first thing my coach yeah. told me is like we need to get you to 180 and I'm like uh okay so I mean it yeah. was like we had the we had like unlimited food in the cafeteria at the school and I'm yeah. literally like three or four times a day just like multiple plates of food yeah and six months in I've gained like two pounds like and it's, it's so hard <laughs> it's at that time worst. of life too it's Your body just processes food so fast at those ages. It's like it's it's impossible. Yeah, it's, but, and it's just uncomfortable, and you're just like feeling yeah. like you weigh a thousand pounds, but you don't, and you can't move well, and it's yeah. just a nightmare. But the, so those really are like the things, though, man. It's like I just uh, I live on those two ends of the spectrum. It's like if you want to be an athlete, and you want to 
do amazing, amazing things with your body, like everything needs to be dialed in. Mm-hmm. But one day life's going to hit you and you just need to focus on simple, sustainable mm-hmm. ways to be consistent. And um, that that has turned into really like the tagline of Barbell Shrugged and in, in what we're creating, what we're building. And then, you know, the diesel dad thing, the, the training programs are exactly that. It's like, how much weight do you really need to lift to hit your goals? It's like some, mm-hmm. but like, does it need to be 90 minutes long? Like this isn't like a, a, a shot at, many people but like you know how many people are like single and live their life on instagram stories and telling you how to do things and they don't have kids and they don't have um many people asking for their time and they don't and they're like well you shouldn't do this you're like you don't know shit (laughs) you don't have a no you're living in some idealistic world that doesn't exist. Exactly. You have no idea what it's like to go months with no sleep. <laughs> like you just don't get it. And I do this 90 minute morning r- routine every single day. And like, yeah. <laughs> like, wake up and meditate. No, I don't have that kind of time. I wake up because I, I get did. a heel to my nose in the, in yeah, the middle seriously. of the night. Seriously. <laughs> Which, what was the first thing you did today? I got healed in the junk by my two-year-old because she didn't sleep all night. We just got sick of it. We put her in our bed because she'd uh. fall asleep there, and she kicked me right in the balls. <laughs> Twenty minutes before my alarm went off, and I just decided, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up now. Uh, I'll so just good. I'm not so even gonna true. wait for the alarm. Um, you know, like yeah, I just you know, and I I work out like five days a week. Mm-hmm. I lift weights three days a week. Um, I try and hit like a 5k row or go for a run or something like that. Just, and I try and hit my 10 to 12,000 steps a day. Um, but it's simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I really just, I, I think we can make the biggest impact in, in real people's lives. And when I say real people, I mean, people that aren't 28 years old, basically me 10 years ago. Right. Um, cause I would never listen to me now, but there's, we're lucky, dude. We're like so lucky that we have been able to stay in this in this game for this long and connect with the people that we've connected with. And if you talk to enough people and have the right friends and surround yourself with the right people, the real messages like start to come through and you start to like like we've all been probably through the paleo thing where we were like ready to act like we were cave people. Um, you know, like we've been through all these things. And then on the, the other side of it, you're like, I was kind of just like buying into the hype. Yes. I get it. Like bad on me. I'm sorry. It was the time of life. Um, and it's cool. But to be able to maintain this life for the rest of your life, keep it simple. Exactly. And it's really easy to do. And don't overcomplicate things. The simplicity thing is so interesting from like a human psychology perspective. And one of the things that, that like the, with the guys that I work with, it's, it's funny because you almost get some pushback when you tell them like when when we're trying to establish a habit and I tell them like, I want it to be so like so easy for you to accomplish that I want you to tell me you should be able to do more than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they come to me and they're like, no, I can do more. I can do more than this. Like, give me something else. I'm like, 
no. No, yeah. nail this first, you know, give yeah. me like 30 days. And then like we grow on it from there. But like those small incremental steps is is how you play the long game with all of this. Yeah, I actually had a talk. Uh, I say a talk. It was like some message someone sent me, but they were like asking how they could move their back squat from 375 to 405. And I was like, well, you're telling me one metric that matters, but the more important one is like, how long do you have? Yes. And I was, I was like, because it's really simple and really safe to add 30 pounds to your back squat if you give me two years. Like, that's just showing up, mm-hmm. squatting a couple days a week, being very smart about rest days. Like, but if you have to do it in four weeks, well, we have to take some serious risks now. Mm-hmm. And that's probably going to turn into some janky habits, some bad movement patterns, possibly some really jacked up knees. You're going to be buying like knee wraps and stuff like that. So like, what's your timeline? And I think that's the, that's the timeline of maturity as well to be able to say like, oh, my timeline's like a decade. Yes. Um, my timeline isn't regionals. My timeline isn't uh, next week. I don't have a competition coming up. So now my timeline's like, I really love saying this because once you put it out in the world, it just has to happen. But I really want to squat 315 when I'm like 80. You mm-hmm. were just talking about Pops at Sornex that he could deadlift 500 pounds. <laughs> he's 60-something years old. Like, yeah. You think that dude's worried about going to the nursing home? No chance. Not a chance. He's trying to deadlift 500 every year in his 60s. What a savage. I've never done that in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's the definition so like, of savage. Yeah, like if my timeline is till I'm 80 – all I got to do is squat 315 like once a week. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. That's easy. Just check in every once in a while to do it. Um, so the timeline matters a lot and the goal matters a lot. But, you know, there's just, like you said, there's super simple basic stuff. Um, master just some, it, some skill that helps you practice being consistent and uh, just do that thing and, and really slowly add something to it, uh, add something on top of it, and over time, in, those in little other tiny words, pieces, you know, like progressive overload, which <laughs> it all happens. <laughs> I get so uh, I get so weirded out when I try when I'm like making a gym reference, but trying not to act like the gym's a big metaphor for my life, even <laughs> though it's where I learned everything. It's like a metaphor. Um, yeah, it. just add a little bit. Make it a little harder. One of my favorite quotes ever is one that I can't remember how long ago he said it, but what Matt Vincent has said before where someone asked him, like, how, it's kind of the same question, like, how do I get to be able to squat 400 pounds? And he's like, uh, squat heavy once or twice in the week, for once or twice a week for the next 10 or 12 years. And then yeah. that's it. I mean, that's, that's that's it. It's this. It's the answer nobody wants when they ask that question. But Dude. There's, yeah. like you said, the 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 shorter that timeline becomes, you're gonna have to start introducing things that are gonna sacrifice that long term yeah. health. And most people that, especially if they're like you said in their early 20s or whatever, like they can't even think that far ahead. Like th- nothing exists past Dude. Friday of this week. Yeah. How old are you now? I'm almost 29, so I'm like, but I'm like right oh. in there. But, yeah, you're. I'm like making fun of you while you're at it. But, but here's you're the thing: more I was on like, my level of uh, I got married, past all the craziness. I got married when I was 23 and had <sighs> my first kid when I was 27. 
So yeah, you, you jumped. You I jumped was, the gun hardcore. Yeah, I got. I was a little bit earlier in that side of the world than most people my age. So I feel like I'm more in yeah. your realm of where I am, like training wise and totally. stuff. But yeah, it's crazy. I had a kid that uh, plays lacrosse for West Point home for Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like the coolest story ever because his mom walks by my garage every day and somehow word got around the neighborhood that I could make her her kids stronger over Christmas break. So he like, <laughs> Just take him to that dude down the street. I started, he's I, I, that guy probably knows what he's doing in there. Um, so like, I got a text message from one of my neighbors and was like, hey, this kid, his mom saw you. He wants to know if she can train him. I was like, dude, come on by. Let's go. And... He kept just like wanting to know the secret, just like mm-hmm. all 19-year-olds that mm-hmm. are Division One athletes at West Point or Division Three, whatever they play. Um, and he was like, like, I need to put on 10 pounds. And I was like, why don't you work on putting on 30 pounds and learn how to eat? So like I just loaded up the squat volume and I was like, I need you literally to eat two pounds of meat a day. Yes, he was like, that seems like a lot. And I was like, if you don't do it, you're not allowed to train here. <laughs> so he started eating two pounds of meat a day. And three and a half weeks later, he had put on nine pounds. And I was like, you you don't understand how this works, dude. Like, mm-hmm. you squat a lot and you eat a lot. And right now, you can do that. For the next decade, you just get to go smash. Yep. I was like, but you just got to do it every day. You have to eat two to three pounds of meat every day of your life mm-hmm. from here on out. Now I get sick videos from like West Point of him just smashing weights. <laughs> he like came awesome. back like a totally different person. But I was like, I feel like I'm officially like the the guy in the neighborhood that everyone knows. Send your kids to that garage if you want to do the work. That's the so, dream, man. I've said before like good. I've said before like in <laughs> in the future I want like this little house up in the woods where I just train yeah. people and they just have to like come find my house and then train and like give me a smoke signal or something and that's where yeah. I make my existence is Do you have any when you start with like got in when how old were you when you started training 21 22 something like that you played so, sports in high school and all that. Though. Yeah. And Did you lift in high school? Yeah. I actually, kind of the same as you. I started a lot earlier than my friends at the same yeah. time. So I was eighth grade when I actually started lifting. So I was like 14, yeah. uh, 13, 14 around there. So then by the time we got That's, into high school and started training, like I already kind of knew my way around a little bit of stuff relative, yeah. you know, I knew nothing, but relative to other 15 totally. year olds, like I had at yeah. least knew what I was getting into. That's uh that's like a very one of my favorite parts about meeting a lot of people that are still doing the thing that we're doing right now mm-hmm. is like I want to say like 95% of them started when they were between 13 and 15 years old. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody that I really trust in this industry that started when they were like 25. Like all those habits are already late yeah dude it's so funny too so like all these things come out when you're a parent right my ability to be a good parent reduces by like 98 percent if it's raining outside because <laughs> i've never ever been able to be inside and comfortable i'm like get me out yes. i want to go play something i want to go do something I'm do-. and then it's raining and like I lived in SoCal for a decade where I never had to worry about the rain. And now all of a sudden it's like a downpour outside. And I'm like, 
what do we do inside? <laughs> My wife's like, well, we could do some like crafts. I'm like, huh? <laughs> What's a what? craft? <laughs> Markers? What? Are, I don't even understand. What are we doing? Can't we go run around? She's like, no, it's raining out. I'm like, oh. So I'm like totally handcuffed. I'm just inside for the whole day. Uh, it's super funny. Like I, I go on this like walk in the morning and some days I just like, I sit here and I stare out the garage and I'm like, it's raining, but I need to go outside. I need to do it. I need to go. Mm-hmm. I, what do I do? Do I go walk in the rain? And I always end up just going walking in the rain because I don't, I just want to go move. I yeah. want to go do stuff. But all those habits and that whole like energy for life stems from being 13, 14 years old and like learning how to train and learning just to be active. And um, you talk about just like, we, we talk about like the consistency of it. It's like, uh, do you remember when, no, I think it was last year, Noble put out that like short movie um, yeah, with yeah, yeah. Brooke Wells and Katrin. Yep, and it's yep, like, yep. at the end, all of them are like, this is just who I've always been. And it's such a rad message because mm-hmm. um, I really believe like it's just who, we are who we've always been. Um, and if there's anything that we're really lucky about, it's that at some point we all fell in love with moving and, and playing. Yeah. And now we fight for an ability to do that for the rest of our lives. It's so and true. Hopefully make money doing it. Hope. Yeah. And that didn't happen. That for becomes, a long- that becomes its own <laughs> whole conversation. <laughs> that didn't but, happen for a long time either, but <laughs> yeah, but it's another skill to learn exactly. that you have to make money doing it. Exactly. Uh, if you want to keep doing it. Uh, but yeah, it's like, uh, you know, it, it, it is who we've been our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Like we found, it wasn't an accident that we found barbells. It wasn't an accident that we found the gym. We may not have thought that it was going to be like that, but we were looking for, uh, ways to be better at sports mm-hmm. so we could play or we were looking for ways to continue um, doing things physical when the world kind of separated itself in high school where it's like you're no longer playing rec league where everyone's invited it was like now you got to be good how do you get better let's get stronger yep sounds good I'll go to the gym. And then you find all the other people that made the same decision you did when you were 13, 14 years old. And you go, oh, these are my people. These people are working hard. Like, you know, the idea of like, this is who I've always been. Like, I was that kid in the neighborhood. And my relatives, when I see them, they, they bring this up every single time I see them. They're like, Anders, you don't understand. When you were eight, nine years old, like, you didn't play street hockey because street hockey was fun. You were out there trying to, like, dominate your neighborhood <laughs> like i i remember next. bring them an entire yeah i remember an entire summer trying to organize a street hockey league among the neighborhood because i wanted to our neighborhood kids like my neighborhood to just smash other neighborhoods That's awesome like i just really wanted to know how good we were because i knew that we could dominate mm-hmm. like we just played at a different intensity and it. I tried to organize like a an inter neighborhood like summer league, um, but it's just this is just who all of us are. Yeah, and I remember, that have been doing this. I remember the first time in eighth grade, which is kind of crazy because I probably haven't even thought about this memory in several years until just now. But I remember like our little dinky weight room in the middle school had like nothing. It just had a couple of dumbbells and like some 
stationary like Smith machine type stuff in there. But they yeah. had one of those old. It's it's kind of like a, a Smith machine, but a bench, but not like where it's on cables. It's just like a where like the hooks kind of look like longhorns and you get underneath and just push up like that. But yeah. I got in there because they were doing like the intro to fitness day in PE. And I got under that thing and just did a couple of reps. I'm like, oh, that was actually pretty easy. And I just kept dropping the pin. And the thing only went to like 85 pounds, but I put the pin on the bottom and just banged out an 85 pound bench press that first day. I'm like, all right, here we go. This is like, <laughs> this is what I meant to do. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you just have that moment. And then that next summer heading into freshman year, uh, I obviously I was 14. I didn't have a car yet. And uh, the high school head coach for the football team told us, he's like, this is the workout program you guys have for the summer. It's open, weight rooms open 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. every morning. I'll be in here. Like, if you want to get better, come, yeah. and, come and lift. And I live like two and a half miles, three miles away from the school. I have a car. So I rode my bike at 6.30 a.m. every single morning to the weight room. Worked out for the whole two hours just because I thought that meant I needed to yeah. be there the whole time. Not that like, yeah. go get your workout in. I was just there lifting for two hours and then rode my bike home. I did that every yeah. day for every summer I was in high school. It's awesome. It's just, yeah, and I think like, you know, people hear our stories and it, it sounds really glamorous. Um, maybe it sounds glamorous um, only because we get to do this professionally and, and have these conversations. But like, I think one of the the bigger takeaways and and how people can start to like implement this into their life and like kind of be is is that you're allowed to become anyone that you want to be. Um, and and most people that are most people that are coming to us, they're dads, right? Mm-hmm. They at some point in time, uh, I trust me, I'm not attracting in through barbell shrugged and through my messaging that I'm putting out. Like I'm not attracting people to me that are learning fitness for the first time. Right. Um, but who I am attracting is like that dad or that person that probably did something CrossFit-like while they were single, they had a lot of time, they were out attacking the world, they were in their 20s, they had all the testosterone flowing, fitness gave them that edge, it became this like super important thing, and then it all worked, and they found the girl, and they got married to the girl mm-hmm. that they earned because they were working hard and they had that edge and they had that confidence. And then like life got busy and then they had a kid and then they slowly over time, like they got burnt out on trying to make it all work and then they just stopped. Mm-hmm. And then the ball starts rolling backwards, hardcore, so fast. Um, and they start to become a thing that they don't want to become which is the antithesis of who they were when they were in their 20s or early 30s. And that person looks a certain way in the mirror and they're like, shit, I've come so far. Like I'm so far away from what I used to be. And you go, it's not that far, one. It, it like genetically, that person is like genetically imprinted into your body. Yep. You just have to turn all the things back on that worked. But you don't even have to, overdo it. You don't want to become your 25-year-old self. You want to be the cool version at 37, 38, 40, whatever it is. And it's not about like fighting who you once were and all the things you used to be able to do. It's about that long timeline and just getting back in a small way 
to the consistency that you once had. Because the easiest way to build confidence in your life, in your life is just say you're going to do something and then actually do it. Mm-hmm. So if you say you're going to wake up and do 100 reps in your garage or 50 push-ups and 50 air squats every day, well, once you say it, go do it. And then confidence turns into competence. And that really is proving to yourself that you are capable of doing things. Mm-hmm. Nobody, it doesn't, it, nobody else sees it, but you check the box of I'm capable. And dude, that negative self-talk, when you wake up in the morning, like to think that we all haven't had like, we're in fitness, right? There's, there's freaks walking around everywhere that have like the most shredded bodies in the world. And I'm not Mr. Shredded, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so you look in the mirror sometimes, you're like, probably need to lose five like i'm just not tracking calories like just it's been whatever Mm -hmm. like if you did that for two years we're like fuck i need to lose like 10 pounds i suck like one day it might be a joke on day 90 of that it becomes your reality where you're just saying i suck over and over and over and over again and that just it's like these little little chips in your confidence and you start to believe that you don't have the capability to go accomplish things, which bleeds into everything in your life. And the truth is, is like that, that tiny little thing, which is why the Diesel Dad 100 kind of caught on like with people. It's like, it's so simple. Yes, and I can do that. By, yeah, by doing it, you prove that you're capable of doing something and to get the ball rolling back in the right direction. Um, and... It's, it's just the little things. And that is like, that's like the, the, so we put out a survey with all of our stuff. And the number one thing that comes back is consistency. Mm. People struggle with consistency and it's because it's mostly their fault because it's their decision. But it also is our fault as an industry of like, we're all trying to sound like we're the smartest and we have the coolest information to like attract people to this latest, greatest thing. And all it is is confusing. Like yeah. all the nuance is just confusing. And I think that if people just started to, in a way, like shift their identity from wherever they are to like, well, what would it look like if I was leaner? What would be the habits that I would have to pick up in order to do that? Well, you'd probably want to wake up in the morning with some sort of intent. You don't need 90 minutes to meditate and read and journal and walk barefoot and all the, like walking barefoot's dope, by the way, you should do that. Um, yeah. Um, like you don't need that much. You just need to say, I'm going to do something and then go do it. And it builds the confidence. It proves to yourself that you're capable and let that be the thing that reshapes the new identity. Um, and it's, it, there's pieces of it sometimes where I feel like it's unfair because I've been doing it for 24 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also the 24 years that allows me to say, Hey, just wake up 10 minutes early and go do some pushups. Mm-hmm. But say you're going to do it, then go do it. One of the things that I've noticed is like people, they, they don't want it to be that simple. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because in their head, they're like, well, if it's that simple, then I, 
then why haven't I been doing it this whole time? You know, like doing something like just wake up 10 minutes earlier and do 20 squats. Like, I mean, that it's just that trigger, like you said, though, that just starts everything. It's not giving you the end result in the first week that you're going to get from it. It's just starting the process of developing those habits. And so, like, if it's something yeah. that easy, they're like, well, I should have been doing this. Like, what have I been doing this whole time? It's like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Just, like, start. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love that your, your, your uh, clients are asking, they're like, I can do more. It's like, okay, well, maybe at some point in the future, but let's mm-hmm. just do this thing. And that's real. like, I... I wish I like record all of the movements that I do in the morning um, because I want people to see the consistency and I want people to recognize that it's like it is a five day a week thing. And I choose not to do it on the weekends because it's also really important to be able to balance the family. And if I'm up at 5 a.m. on the weekends, I'm totally missing out on like kid in bed with family time. And, um, that's the part of the, like, I don't want to sacrifice that stuff. But five days a week, it's really important that I am prioritizing me and, and doing the things that I need to do to get my headspace right for work and creativity and all that stuff. But on the weekends, work and fitness are very secondary to that hour of everyone wrestling and cuddling in bed and, and the family stuff. Um, but, like, I, I feel like... Um, I, I want to put that stuff out there, but I, I also really want them to know that like when the alarm goes off, the first word typically in my brain is like, fuck, I don't want to go to the gym. <laughs> like, fuck, it'd be awesome if I could just sleep right now. Mm-hmm. But then it, you go, yeah, but that's not what I do. Right. That's not who I am. I'm the, I am the person that wakes up and goes to the gym and I, I take care of me and I get my headspace right so that I can be the right person for the rest of the day. And that that shift quickly transforms the rest of your day and it sets you on the right path. But it's not like one of my friends wrote an awesome article in the CrossFit Journal. Uh, she used to go to my gym and she was a, a writer for CrossFit. And she wrote this rad article that had such an awesome analogy of like, it's more important than fun. That was like the the title of it. It was like fitness isn't just about fun. Like CrossFit makes things fun. Mm -hmm. Squatting heavy makes fun, makes, makes fitness fun. Setting PRs makes fitness fun, but like it's more than that. You're doing way more by holding yourself accountable. Even when it sucks, like raising kids isn't just fun. (laughs) There are fun moments, but like you're doing you're creating so much more value than this just like joyous there's balloons in the air mm-hmm. like confetti's coming down it's so great it's not it's a lot of struggle it's a lot of like trying to steer things into directions that don't have brains and don't understand why we're doing things mm-hmm. and chaos and then at the end of the night you're like thank god she's asleep let's look at pictures of her exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say that man all the time and you're like <laughs> No, this is, but it's more than fun. It's so much more valuable. Yes. And uh, fun is just an aspect of consistency. Uh, but the value that you bring to your life or the value that you, your actions bring to your life are, it, it's more than fun. It, it, it delivers super high value to you and the people around you. And it's, it's not, it's not just about like, oh, he must love waking up in the morning. I don't. 
it would be awesome to sleep till like eight thirty one day. Um, but that's what weekends are for, right. and that's what you know. That's what the family time's for. Um, discipline is 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 different, and doing the things you say you're going to do, and then actually doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, confidence is more fun than fun. Uh, proving to yourself that you're uh, somebody that does hard things on purpose uh, is more fun than fun, and those are the pieces that will carry you much further than just chasing what the most exciting, fun thing is in the short term. That's so good. And then because like the more fun than fun, like all that is more fun than fun. But but you're looking at it, like you said, because we can say that now, right? Because like, but this yeah. is what you have to look forward to. It's not like a, it's not like a discouraging thing by, yeah. by saying all this. It's like when you're, because now, like when we're talking, we're in, in 20 more years, when we're in our fifties, we're like, we're still feeling really good. Like we're still banging weights and we're doing yeah. all this stuff. And like, look how fun our life is. But like, it's, it's, it, the fun's the result, not like the, the thing itself, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, and even though it's it like can a, be fun. It's super fun. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a blast to go and do, but it's not an every day is exciting. And yes. there's it's like, uh, I don't lift weights. Um, I love lifting weights, but I also know that there's a much bigger purpose to it. And and going even all the way back to the beginning of the show, like on one side, there's you should measure and objectively view everything. And then on the other end, it's like none of it really matters as long as you just show up and do something. Mm-hmm. I used to be on the side of like it all matters and we all have to eat perfectly every single meal and – because of that, I'm able to like step back and now look and now look at the other side and go, well, none of it matters because the only thing that really matters is that I've done it for 24 years. Right. Um, and that timeline becomes is, is really like the most important thing to me now. It's like, no, every day I, I hope I never set another PR. And I'm not the type of person that's like sitting around like, well, this is like the PR for January of 2021. I did it. PR. I'm going to write PR next. Like, I hope to never set another PR ever again. I do things that I think are cool, but they're not remotely to the level that I uh, once trained or lifted right. or um, – but – I am super interested in just like making deposits into the strength bucket mm. and just constantly building that account as much as possible. Um, and and that's, you know, in the metaphor of gym to life, that's, that's everything from money to uh, building trust with people to finding who you want to work with. Like just uh, like look at the people that have these like giant social media followings what do they do they fucking post every single day Mm -hmm. and they put a ton of work into social media look at people that have a lot of money when they're 50 years old what they do they they didn't spend money Mm -hmm. and they saved a lot and they deposited money into the stock market or wherever they did they bought homes when they had money um they they did smart yeah and they do it for a long time and like how do you how are you healthy for the rest of your life? Well, you show up and you lift some weights so you have muscle, which increases your metabolism. You focus on the things that you eat. You eat protein, you eat greens. You you do there is no secret 
to what needs to be done. And everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. You can go to the most obese people in the world and you'd be like, how do you eat healthy? And they're going to be like, well, we should probably eat a chicken breast mm-hmm. and like salad. I hear that's good. <laughs> like everyone knows. You're not – we figured it out. Kids even. You right? could ask a like, group of first graders like, and they'd give you that same answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone knows. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's really trying to connect uh, the consistency to it. And getting people comfortable, like playing the long game, and that's that's tough because um, you know there's a lot of like sociological factors that go into it, social economic factors that go into it. Um, you can't choose your parents, uh, you can't really choose your upbringing, uh, but at some point you have to take the personal responsibility and say, I'm. I'm going to shift my identity to become a person that does hard things mm-hmm. and is willing to sacrifice comfort to become a, a better version of myself. And, uh, you know, specifically to probably the people that you're coaching, the people that I'm coaching, a lot of that is um, they, they cut themselves slack once they reached their goal. And their goal was when they were in their twenties when they were out dating was to go find a girl. And then they found the girl and then they were like, well, what do I do now? And then it got even crazier. They had a kid or multiple kids or whatever it is. And then they had been working for a decade really hard and probably achieved some level of managerial type position in which now work is really busy. And you've got all these factors just beating you down that become the excuse of why you don't have time. It's like, you don't need that much time. You just wake up 20 minutes early. You hit a hundred reps first thing while the coffee's brewing. And then at some point in the day, you find 20 minutes to just grab 135 pounds and front squat and just go, just do it. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, you don't have, it's just nothing, nothing can stop you. You just have to go fight for your own space and do it. And then you attach a cool superhero name like Diesel Dad to it, and then now it's like, yeah, well, now dude. I have to do that. I'm Diesel Dad, you know? That's super real, too. Like, I feel, uh, I did Sean Pastu's show not too long ago, mm-hmm. and I said that, and he was like, dude, that's so genius, because if you uh, call yourself the Diesel Dad, you have to be strong, and you're probably going to be a dad for a long time. Mm-hmm. So you can carry that on with you forever. Ever. And I was like, yeah, like it becomes the like alter ego that you're chasing. It's like you in the future. And if you can create the character of you in the future that you're always chasing, um, and it's like the ideal, I mean, my little poster back there has like the, the, the 10 virtues or like the code. Um, and I get to stare at it every day and read them. Uh, it's not like some obsessive thing that I have, but like you just look at it and it's, it's just a, a moral code of like, well, how, what type of dad do I want to be? What type of like leader do I want to be? And so much of the stuff was a joke at the beginning, right? Like it was like, I'm just the dad that's in that people walk by my house and they see this nice gym and me lifting weights. And they probably just joke that I'm like some meathead, that lives in the neighborhood. 
but then like it becomes more real and slowly it kind of builds into you go no this is like actually embodies the things that i want to be like i want to have my daughter uh grow up in a household where their father is a leader like somebody that people actually look up to and um i want her to know without knowing that there's a code of conduct of how you live and um does she know that i'm like front squatting or like deadlifting in the garage no but she knows that whatever the hell i'm doing looks really hard yes and that's super important um does she know that like i wake up and do this morning routine no but she knows that I'm awake well before she is every day. And she knows that I'm in the garage because that's where she comes and sees me every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I just want her to know that hard work matters and um, living to a specific standard matters. And I don't have to teach those lessons. I can just live by them. And that, that, is the, that became like the alter ego, the person that I'm like chasing in the future. So that one, cool. that, like I don't have to teach the stuff. I just wanted to know that's the only way that one is supposed to live. So cool. So, where is it? Where do you see it going? The diesel dad stuff. Like, where, well, how has it evolved to right now? And then, like, what's kind of next with it? Yeah. So we um, we have a couple hundred people that are following the training programs. We have a obviously there's a Facebook group for all this fun stuff. Um, we put together three programs. One's like, uh, we call it density weight training, which is like the really like set it up and go, um, 15 minute, basically like AMRAP. Mm. You got no time, just super minimal equipment. Get after it. Um, Imam aesthetics program, which is what I typically end up doing. It's between 15 and 30 minutes a day. Um, if for people that are, First in lingo of gyms, we basically put together two to three or two to four supersets mm-hmm. um, and alternate back and forth. So it's like two uh, upper body push and a pull, and then some sort of like lower body uh, focus lift with an accessory, and then some sort of core type uh, superset to finish it. Um, and those are like perfect for me. It keeps training. Uh, to a, a really good, consistent 15 to 30 minutes. I can rely on the amount of time I'm going to be training. And it basically takes like what would be a full training session and condenses it into 20 to 30 minutes. So like instead of like front squat, wait three minutes, front squat, wait three mm-hmm. minutes, it's front squat, rest 30 seconds, accessory. So you're, is it the way that you would train like an Olympic level athlete no but it's the way that i need to train and the way that other dads need to train and other people that are super crunched on time um and then the the like full strength program is still in the imam format we call it imam strength which is um like the the first one can be like a a clean into like broad jumps Mm. um and then it just it's basically adding like a, a big uh, top end strength and power speed coordination component to the beginning. Um, and then Imam aesthetics, uh, on the back end for the accessory work. Um, so the training program's great. Uh, we're launching an intermittent fasting challenge because we launched, 
we it was a very successful launch actually of we called it Diesel Dad Challenge, mm-hmm. which was kind of my original like thought behind the Diesel Dad of like I just want to get a bunch of dads doing this morning routine, eating a specific way, being aware of the amount of protein they're eating. And when we launched it, this is for everybody that has a has a business and wants to learn how to listen to people. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a I did like a couple Facebook lives and every single question that came to me was about intermittent fasting. And I was like, I guess I'm doing an intermittent fasting <laughs> challenge next because this diesel dad thing, like it, it's exactly what I want to do, mm-hmm. but now I need to do it in a way in that I'm teaching intermittent fasting because, and then I was thinking about it. I was like, of course that's what they want. Mm-hmm. It's like the simplest way to reduce the total caloric intake. Like it makes so much sense. Um, and, and then you add the protein component, like we talked about, and it's like, it's just a no brainer that people would want that busy people can adopt that lifestyle eating from noon to eight or two to 10. And it just, it fits their life so much. What do you do? You just skip breakfast. So simple. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if I, if this is my, this is my, uh, the big projection without an actual timeline, but what Mm -hmm. I really want to grow it into, um, is I want all the people, like the people that found this life and strength. Um, like think about like Zach Ebenesh. Mm-hmm. Think about like what strength training means to that dude. Like he's got like 14, 15 year old kids like going into high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think about like the number of iterations that strength and conditioning has played in your life. And the number of ways that I've had to reshape what it is, whether it's like finding myself at 13 years old and like admitting that like I want to be good at sports, so I'm willing to go through this thing so that I can play sports better, um, whether it's college football for you, um, whether it's like getting girls, whether it's staying competitive and having something that drives you past college when everyone else is playing and, you know, kickball and softball and whatever that is and like stuff that you don't, that you don't identify with at all. Um, The barbell is like the thing that has always given me my edge in life. And in order for that to happen, I've had to reshape my training. I've had to like reshape, um, the way that I do it, the intensity that I bring to it, the goal setting attached to it, the ego attached to it. And you think about the number of people that have had to go through that in order to do this. Like, look at, look at someone like Jason Kalipa. His kids had, his daughter had leukemia yeah. while he was like going to the CrossFit games. And he, like, that's a, that's a whole story inside itself of like, battling what's really important and you look at somebody like froning that's like um you know adopted multiple kids and he's got this giant business and he's got you know teams and all this stuff and he's still like do you ever pop on youtube and watch froning train and he's like still doing warm-ups yeah like i saw him doing like (laughs) side planks the other day and warm-ups and i was like are you kidding me (laughs) You still warm up? Oh my god! You have so time true. to warm up? Like what? Um, 
so like I I want um you know we laid out a well first we laid out like the this like the code mm-hmm. and then the code because once it's written down it it becomes a thing and I I like I'm not. I don't want to write a book just to write a book, but I want a place uh, over the years to just accumulate stories mm. of people that have been doing weightlifting for a long time and had to look at the same 45 pound barbell and have it tell them as many stories as possible because it's the thing that has unified every aspect of their life and it's the thing that they always come back to no matter how hard life gets how much time they have how popular they are at some point it's just a 45 pound barbell but it's the single thread that has gotten them to everywhere and everything that's happened in their life and i think that um if you were to and i hope to find this out and i hope to connect with enough people on this level um but I think that if you were to, if I were to guess why Froning still warms up for 30 minutes and why he's able to train the way he trains and why Kalipa does what he does and why Zach Evanesh does what he does and Brandon Lilly, I saw the interview that you did in your Facebook group with him and like all these people, what is like the thing that really allows it all to keep going is that it's, you know, it, it we we said it earlier, but it's it's like it's more fun than fun. It's like it's it's so valuable to their life to just have something that they can come back to. Um, that's just it's just a it's, there's some like honesty to it of like I just have to go lift, mm-hmm. and it centers everything in their life. And I think that there's some really cool stories that we can tell and people we can talk to because I over 24 years which sounds like a long time, but I know that one day I'm going to be like, over the last 42 years, I've seen some really cool stuff. Um, there's, there's, like, uh, there's really common threads that have come up in the last 24 years. One of them being that most of the people that are on year 24 started when they were 13 yep. to 15 years old. Um, most of them now have kids. Most of them are married. Most of them own their own business. Um, most of them have like really committed to no matter what, this is the thing that I do. Um, like, look at Corey G. Corey G is like one of my favorite He's people. Best, He's up at like 3.05 a.m. every day. You're like, dude, why do you wake up at 3.05? He's like, because if you take that extra five minutes over 365 days, you get a lot of extra sleep. And I'm like, no, you're still waking up at 3.05 in the morning, bro. Um, but, you know, he's he's up. He trains at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. every day. He does 800, 400 to 800 meters of lunges every, every day. day. You're sick in the head when you do that. But I get it because he fights for that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are the people that I'm like, I, those are the people I want to spend my time with. I want to, like, they get mm-hmm. it. And there's a reason they've become successful in business. There's a reason they've gotten to the place that they're at. There's a reason it's because when they're 13 to 15 years old, they found a barbell and they realized that if they just lifted every day, they would just at one day be strong. And then they just kept coming back. I love it, dude. And transferred over into everything else. That's literally like you, you, you encapsulated perfectly. <laughs> like, 
my entire, like, I mean, like you said, it's like everybody who's in this, this long has pretty similar yeah. stories, you know, like yeah. we follow fairly similar paths, even if we didn't end up in all the same places, but like, there's a way more similarities in that realm than there are differences for the most part. So yeah, it expresses itself in different ways, but it, that simple, I just have to show up is, is going to be there. And if you can just do that, like just be consistent, you'll learn to love something. You'll learn, dude, here's a, here's an off. I wish I had said this earlier when we were talking about the morning routine stuff. Um, the, the walk, I take a one mile walk every morning and not every morning, five days a week. It's part of my like little morning thing. And it takes a long time to get to watch yourself grow and to find out what you like about specific things. And you need to like give yourself the only way to find out what you actually like and what actually works and to see the flow of life happen, like objectively viewing what you're doing and what your body's telling you to do. So I used to, I do the morning routine, fill up a cup of coffee, go for a walk in the morning. And I thought for a long time that like me listening to audiobooks was like, it was like my learning time. And it was cool. Like I, I got a lot of books done. I take a 30 minute walk or whatever it is, a 20 minute walk. And you start to polish off audiobooks at a really good pace. Mm-hmm. And then I like, I was like, fuck, I'm just like cranking this information into my brain when the real goal this, this is like six, seven months later. It's like, what I'm really trying to do is like be a part of nature and like see the moon and look at stars and not be forcing information into my brain at a time where I don't need mm-hmm. it. And I'd rather do some like more watching my own brain think instead of someone thinking for me. And I just naturally progressed into like listening to meditation music. And it's so much more peaceful because there's like a trial and error that goes on with consistency of you can't, you're not going to get it right the first time, but it doesn't mean you're failing. You're just, you're like poking at some barrier that you don't know. And it's like, ah, that didn't, that wasn't the exact thing. And it might've been perfect for that moment, but as you progress and as you get better at it, and as you like really see what you like over time, you'll, you'll find the right Mm -hmm. thing. And what, what, the trigger was for me was like, I started just not wanting to listen to the books. It was like, ah, the book sucks. And then I'd be like, well, I got to download another one. I was like, maybe I just don't want to listen to books. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just put on some meditation music, which is like really what I want. And I'm sure in the future, it'll be something different. Um, you could want to not listen to anything. And just be like, I'm just going to let the cold nature totally. air in my ears, you know? <laughs> It'll all evolve. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe people just get hung up. Like, did I get it right? Right. Well, what if there is no right and wrong? It's just, you're just part of the process. Um, and, but if I hadn't done it for six months straight, I wouldn't have been able to progress to the next level. And if I don't go for the next six months, I won't be able to progress to the next level. So instead of trying to get it right, I just kind of try and keep doing it and I'll figure it out along the way and just keep trying. That's killer. That's a pretty good place to wrap it up, my friend. 
Uh, I dig it, dude. Where can everybody find what's going on with the Diesel Dad and the show and everything related to you? Yeah, I am Anders Varner at Anders Varner. Oh, that was so bad. It's like me kicking <laughs> my own show to the end. Uh, you can find me at Anders Varner. Uh, we do Barbell Shrugged at Barbell underscore Shrugged. And then um, if you want to pick up like a free 30 days of Diesel Dad 100, we actually wrote the workouts out. Nice. Uh, it's barbellshrugged.com forward slash Diesel Dad 100. Um, and then the training programs are barbellshrugged.com forward slash Diesel Dad. Awesome. Thanks, my friend. It was good to have you. Episode number one in the books. I'm so happy you have a podcast, dude. Dude, it's going to be fun. We'll probably have you back on at Super some point. Super fun. So I hope so. It'll be good, man. I hope you never have another guest. I just want to talk about this <laughs> it's just stuff gonna be me forever. Every single week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this it. week on the show again. <laughs> again. I yeah. Love it. All right. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks, dude.